You're listening to Ask the Expert on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It is December 2018, and this is your Ask the Expert segment. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us this month is Bart Mellick. Bart is the Global Head of Commodity Strategy for TD Securities in Toronto, and it's a real treat to get a chance to visit with him. Bart, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Well, it's, uh, it's great to be on. And hey, just before we get started, it is December. That means uh, there's all kinds of great deals at Sprott Money. And this month, Sprott Money has a very exciting offer for our storage clients. Uh, if you are a storage client, you can buy a one-ounce silver maple monster box with at random years at just $199 US over spot. That's a great deal if you're a storage client. But if you're not a storage client, you can become one and still get access to the deal. All you got to do to take advantage of it is to open a storage account with Sprott Money, and you'll get a great access to this offer. Again, $1.99 over spot for a monster box. That's a great deal. Go to SprottMoney.com or call 888-861-0775 to take advantage of it. I think silver is on the list of questions, Bart. I've got six of them that have been sent in over the course of a month via Twitter email and the like. A lot of folks have some good questions for you. If you're ready, I think we'll just dive in and get question number one. Go ahead, shoot. All right, my friend. Uh, this is one that uh, I think is on a lot of folks' mind. We're t- looking at gold as we move into the, the new year, but it's, this uh, question points out that gold often seems to trade more like a currency than a commodity, and uh, the questioner just want to know if you agree with that general statement. I think for the most part, gold does trade like a currency. It's very much driven by real interest rates and by what the U.S. dollar is doing uh, and, of course, uh, geopolitics. But there are moments in time when I think we are approaching such a moment in time where some of the supply-demand fundamentals uh, like mining activity and um, physical movements uh, will play a role as well. So it is, as far as I'm concerned, a hybrid. It is unit money and also a commodity at the same time. And I think the macro and interest rate environment is what dictates what it becomes at any one time. So it morphs in out of being a currency into a commodity and back out again. It's been a tough year for gold, obviously, uh, Bart. Uh, do you folks at TD Securities have any kind of ideas in mind for where gold might be headed next year? Uh, yes, I do indeed. Uh, it has been a very tough time uh, for gold. Uh, uh, in 2018, we peaked at 1365 in the uh, first part of the year, and then we went as low as 1160 um, in the heat of August. And um, there are some very good reasons why that has happened. And I think uh, uh, initially we were quite enthusiastic that the Federal Reserve wasn't going to be particularly aggressive. Uh, the U.S. dollar, we thought, it might be on a bit of a weakening path, and equities seemed a little spent. Well, uh, as we moved into 2018, and Mr. Jerome Powell, who is now the new Fed chairman uh, took over, he started messaging a new outlook for the Federal Reserve, essentially saying that he will lift rates on a sort of encumbered uh, path um, into potentially restrictive monetary territory. What that essentially did is lifted interest rates across the yield curve and 
the U.S. dollar to rally. And of course, there's an inverse relationship between the dollar and gold. The stronger the dollar, the weaker gold tends to be. And if that wasn't bad enough, uh, the surging high dollar and the threat of real interest rates moving higher has done uh, a bit of a, a negative number on emerging markets, emerging market currencies uh, like the RMB, the Chinese currency, uh, the rupee, all were weakened and we were worried about those economies broadly. As the dollar moved and these economies had a trillion dollars of debt to roll, uh, they became quite risky. And in terms of foreign currency, U.S. Dollar, US gold didn't correct as much, so we didn't see uh, that lift for gold you normally would expect uh, at this part of the cycle. Also, we've seen some very interesting and restrictive policies in China where leasers of gold had to become members of the Shanghai Exchange last year, and that was part of the deleveraging policy. This essentially limited physical movements of the metal uh, into China. So many things conspired against uh, gold in 2018, but we think many of those things will be unwound as we move into uh, the new year. Well, I think that's a great segue to question number two, Bart, uh, which has to do with Fed policy. A lot of talk about that these days. The next FOMC meeting is coming up on the 18th and 19th in December, or about a week or so as we record this. Uh, what is your thought? What do you expect the Fed to uh, slow or even reverse this uh, Fed funds hiking and uh, balance sheet reduction policy next year? I've often said to uh, audiences that gold movements are driven by three factors, the Fed, the Fed, and the Fed. And I think this time is going to be no different. When we look at the uh, U.S. central bank policy, I think it's becoming increasingly apparent that the U.S. central bank, Mr. Powell in particular, is maybe starting to signal that he will no longer be on an unfettered, uninterrupted path towards um, restrictive monetary policy, but rather he will be quite happy to play it by the data. And he has expressed some concerns about uh, the economy, headwinds from trade. My view here is that relative to where we were a few months ago, the Fed is likely to be somewhat less hawkish. But I think the market is going to interpret him as we move forward as to be less aggressive on the rate hikes. So right now, as it stands, the DOTS, the FOMC member committee the folks, that when they're surveyed, they're looking at a hike in December, three next year, and perhaps one the following year. Um, we think that's probably too much, and we're going to likely see less. And those adjustments will certainly be conducive to helping gold uh, if they materialize, as we think, uh, certainly as I think from the uh, gold perspective, think this will, will likely happen. All right. Well, I, question number three deals with something else that's on everyone's mind, and that's this uh, ongoing, kind of seems to be growing and then lessening by the day. Uh, and that's, of course, this U.S.-China trade war that is going on. Uh, how, how do you think that will impact commodities in general in 2019, Bart? Well, so far it hasn't been a very good thing for commodities. In fact, uh, base metals and even oil have all been 
adversely impacted by it, and even gold has the currency channel. So what, what's happening? Well, the United States has imposed tariffs against Chinese imports. Uh, they're threatening to do a lot more as we move into 2019, trying to force the Chinese to uh, basically uh, knuckle under U.S. demands. Uh, America thinks it has been treated unfairly by China. Uh, whether you agree with it or not is probably besides the point, but the fact is, for the time being, we are very likely to get continued tensions between the two countries. And what this means is that imports from China will likely be under pressure, or certainly the market is going to think that they are. Uh, when we look at hedge funds and other speculative investors, they have gone from being long to being short on China, in part because of these developments. But ultimately, the view here is that a deal will be done, not unlike what we've seen with the NAFTA negotiations. They'll likely be very much uh, very much of uh, very aggressive talk, particularly from Mr. Trump. But in the end, the deal will be struck because that is the rational thing to do. Um, and I guess we will see when this will happen, but I suspect uh, we will see volatility, but a deal will ultimately get done. So this means commodities should do better and the Chinese currency should do better and move from just under seven to, to lower levels and the Chinese currency strength and improved economy because of stimulus there should also be conducive to helping not only energy and base metals, but also precious metals. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, we're about halfway done, my friend. And question number four is also a timely subject uh, that I would think is right in your wheelhouse. Gosh, we've noticed, Bart, over the last, I don't know, two months, the price of crude oil has declined by more than 30% from about $76 a barrel down to 50 or so. Now, what's behind that current drop in prices? And then as it relates to Canada and Canadian citizens, how does this impact Alberta and the tar sands and the oil production out there? Well, certainly it has been a bit of a disappointment uh, in oil. Uh, but I will right from the start tell you that... Uh, uh, our analytics team, our strategy team is quite bullish, uh, both WTI and Brent. And uh, I'll go a little bit through the history of what has happened. Well, things were looking very, very good. We were talking about crude maybe going to $90 plus um, uh, earlier in the year. And then we've had this very large correction where we fell uh, very recently below $50 for WTI and below 60 for Brent. And what has essentially happened is oversupply. Uh, the U.S. government has imposed tariffs on Iran. The market expected very large declines from that country. And what has happened is uh, Washington asked OPEC and others to increase production in lieu of those declines. They did. As also, from a policy perspective, waivers were given. So just as OPEC, Saudi Arabia, and others increased production, the waivers were given to Saudi Arabia, uh, to Iran rather, uh, so essentially meaning that the expected big declines that were supposed to happen weren't going to happen, and we were stuck with more oil than we needed. Also, from a sentiment perspective, uh, 
because of the trade war, because of some uncertainty about economic growth in the U.S. and around the world, there were many people looking at this market believing that demand might slide. And we had a very bad situation for crude. More supply than we needed and concern that demand may be lower than expected. And let's not forget, shale producers really stepped up and increased production. Uh, so this whole story was complete, too much supply. The good news is that just last week, OPEC Plus, meaning uh, key players in OPEC, Russia and others, have agreed to reduce supply by 1.2 million barrels starting in January. If this happens, this market goes back to balance and we will likely see the waivers expire that were given to consumers of Iranian oil. And we think that this market will very slowly move into a deficit, uh, meaning that a lot of the oversupply that we've seen in North America and those inventory builds will reverse, particularly also since Saudi Arabia is now charging a big premium for imports of crude into the U.S., meaning that those inventories will likely move lower, there'll be less crude, and we think there will be a material rally in crude markets as we move into 2019, with potentially WTI moving to you know just under 70 next year and Brent to around $80. So I think the future looks particularly good for oil uh, from these levels. Fair enough. All right, then question number five has to deal with uh, the supply of physical gold, in a sense. And it is specifically, if price stays in this $1,200 level, is the world near a peak gold level of declining output? Or will new discoveries like what we've seen in Australia and the Pilbara region still lead the way to more supply? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, when we look at new projects and what people are planning, uh, much of the activity that we're noticing is really on the M&A side uh, of investment, meaning there's really no new capacity that we're planning, but people might be looking at buying existing facilities. Uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see a small decline in in primary production over the next uh, uh, year. And that's not only because of, of primary gold producers, but also secondary supply that comes from the production of copper and, and other, uh, of other metals that have gold as a byproduct. So ultimately, we're looking at perhaps a small decline. Uh, but it can be argued that that doesn't necessarily move price up or down. And, and that is very true most of the time. We've seen periods of time where the primary supplies, uh, relative demand, have been down quite a bit, and, and price hasn't really done what one would expect in physical markets uh, to do when there are deficits. Why? Because it sometimes behaves like currency, and sometimes it behaves like uh, a physical commodity. I would argue now, with the yield curve quite flat and probably going into an inversion and real rates unlikely to rise very materially, you know, particularly given that the U.S. is printing a trillion dollars of new paper every year in, in terms of debt, um, that there will be no huge incentive for those inventories of metal um, held by central banks 
and others, and incidentally, central banks have started to buy again. Uh, much of that metal is unlikely to be available to the physical market. So in this situation, if we are right, mining activity is somewhat smaller and investment interest continues, that means we get tightness in the physical market that this time around we think uh, could make a difference and help prices to move higher. Indeed, we're looking at gold to average about 1325 by year end of, uh, of 2019. All right. And one last question, Bart, and this one has to do with silver, as a matter of fact. Uh, the questioner notes that the price of silver, at least in dollar terms, is back to where it was about 10 years ago. What circumstances might cause another price spike similar to what we saw in 2011? Well, I'm not saying we're going to get another price spike similar uh, to what we've seen in, uh, in 2011, though we do think that silver could average about $17 in the final three months of 2019. And this will very much depend on the gold market. As we all know, uh, there is a very strong correlation between gold and silver. If we think gold does well, silver should do well as well. Though the difference is in terms of vol or so-called volatility, where silver is twice as volatile, and we can say for any 1% move in gold, silver is likely to move twice as high. So it should benefit from being gold-like, correlated to gold. We've said that the U.S. currency uh, declined low interest rates and, and, and so on will move gold. It'll be the same set of factors that should help silver out. But we're also seeing that China will stimulate. We're also expecting the trade war uh, to be avoided uh, with China. And that means that industrial demand for metals will improve. So that's another factor that should help silver here. Investment demand and the very important uh, industrial demand for silver. Because silver very much is a precious metal, but it also a very, it is a, vo a very important industrial metal as well, where uh, you know, some over half of it is used in electronics and other industrial uses from catalysts to chemical industry. And we do expect the global economy to perform relatively well in a good gold environment. So two sets of factors uh, should move silver along. And I think on the mining side, there are going to be huge strides in new supply. So the supply side will likely become constrained, maybe up a little, maybe flat, but you're not going to see an explosion. And that means the current price will likely get lifted higher. We are still fairly low on the cost curve, and as that gets utilized more, uh, $17 seems pretty reasonable to us. Like you said, the current price looks pretty good, and I think that's true uh, on this end as well. And, of course, it is the holiday season, and as I keep reminding regular listeners, what a great gift idea to give silver to your kids, your grandkids. Great way to teach them about sound money. And if price is indeed headed higher next year, uh, all the better. So, to that end, Sprott's Money Holiday Catalog is a collection that inspires great gift ideas. From the beginning collector to the discerning investor, there's something for everybody. So please visit SprottMoney.com, take a look at the Holiday Catalog, and also make sure to check out the deals page on SprottMoney.com to get the best deals. As always, you can go to SprottMoney.com, see this stuff, or just call us at 888 Eight six one zero seven seven five. Bart, 
fabulous information. Very much appreciate your time and sharing all of this with us. And at this point, I think we'll sign off. I wish you a happy holiday season, and thank you again for your time. Well, happy holidays, and it was uh, a pleasure to give you our TD Securities view on the metals and commodities markets. Thank you. And from all of us here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again in 2019.